Everybody, today is Tuesday, February 16th, and everybody is laughing at me right now because I have no idea what's going on. You usually open with a hello and welcome. Yes, but I'm changing it up because this is going to be our disjointed and dysfunctional podcast. Woo! Noah's not even here either. Woo! But uh, basically, we're throwing this together at the last minute. It's been four months since we've done this, Woo! and I feel rusty. It's because um, you suck and you took forever to post. It's because I'm in school and I have too many things to take care of in my life other than podcasts. And you're a perfectionist and you have to edit it all. And That's true. I could Your put, priorities suck. I could put this up unedited, but then it would be even worse. And that <laughs> would be really saying something. Be awesome. Um, this week is going to be a totally random show. I don't really have an itinerary like usual, so we're just going to kind of go over some random stuff as it comes. Uh, I figure we will kind of invert things from normal and start out with... Uh, the results from the question of the week from last time, which really should be called question of the week now that I think about it, because it's not really a weekly show, but I can't think of a better name for it. So anyway, it was basically about time travel, right? If you could go anywhere and any when in history. Oh, that's right. Okay, I remember this. Where would, yeah, where would that be? So I put it up for a poll on supercars, and 42% of people said that they would want to go to sometime in B.C., um, nice. I good, good good, call, folks. Uh, the question is, are these guys just being idiots, or do they really want to go to B.C.? I got the impression that most of them were voting like that because they said they wanted to, like, you know, punch Moses in the face or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> see, Wait, <clears throat> see God kill a bunch of people. Like, they had these very typical supercars answers. I don't know if they actually wanted ah. to go to B.C. Um, I mean, it'd be cool to see dinosaurs, I guess, right? But, yeah, that's, yeah, that's my... But if like, you end up going... Or, to, you know what, I'm, honestly, I'd be hard... I'd, hard pressed to like decide which era to visit like do i want to go back and see the dinosaurs or do i want to see giant flightless birds or maybe some friggin cavemen but what are you going to like do or eat or how are you going to function for a year are you going to go killing dinosaurs dude i watch survivor man i'm all over it did he tell you how to kill dinosaurs (laughs) <laughs> he told me how to kill rabbits, probably about the same. Probably pretty close to the same thing, yeah. yes, yes. Melissa, would you ever want to go to a BC time? No. Because it's just too rough. You know what would be amazing? What? Except we don't know. Do we actually? No, we don't know, like, who exactly built the pyramids. We know a rough time frame. I'm sure some people have theories. Or... Yeah, but maybe go back and solve the riddle of the pyramids once and for all. And, then... and I'd be like, yeah, see, it wasn't aliens, you friggin' idiots. <laughs> We had, we had one good uh, commenter from... Oh, wait, let's go back to the results. So, 42% said BC. We had... Kelly, what are you doing? Are you recording? <laughs> the glory. Okay. It's been Midler, man. I guess. Uh, 13% said sometime between 1 and 1,000 AD. <clears throat> Uh, six and a half said a thousand to fifteen hundred. Only one person said fifteen hundred to nineteen hundred, which I think is just after you. You said night. You said fourteen. You know why? That was your yeah. answer. You, you know why? It's because gunpowder made the entire history of everything boring. Yeah. Like before gunpowder, things were awesome because you know people getting their each other's faces and, and you had to stick hit with each like other. rocks and stuff. Yeah, they were they were getting into battles with like stones and sticks. And now they just stand over there and like, hey, hey, stand up so I can blow your face off. Yeah, point at them. 
Fire. Not really, but... And then 32% said sometime in the 20th century. Um, I was in that category, so I can't really make fun. But uh, we had a couple of commenters. Uh, we'll maybe go in chronological order. How about that? Uh, we had AMG Rules, who's also on Max Attack. He said, I don't know, maybe the day the dinosaurs got messed up by the giant space rock. I'm assuming that since I can't change history, history can't let me fry with the overgrown lizards. Which is an interesting idea, to watch like a like an astronomical you know, Armageddon kind of thing. Like have oh, a yeah. meteorite hit the Earth. Ooh, that would be an interesting But then what do you do for the rest of the year? I mean, you just sit around and like walk through dust clouds. Maybe that's like the last day. Okay. You're chilling with some dinosaurs for a year, and then... And then they all die. You lose all your friends? Oh, that'd be sad. Yeah, I would bring, like, a Triceratops back with me. (laughs) Speaking of taking things back with you, uh, HSV on Supercars said, First, I would go into the future, which we said wasn't allowed. Hey. First, I'd go into the future, steal some Terminators, and reprogram them (laughs) to take my orders. Then I would take them back in time with a helicopter, a tank, some machine guns and rocket launchers, and an iPhone to (laughs) to maybe the 1100s and rule the planet. Then I would get bored because there's no cars or cool stuff. So then I'd come back. Or phone service for your iPhone, dude. <laughs> hey, you probably just play action. <laughs> yeah. he, said, okay. he said, also, I would go into the future and buy a magazine full of sports results over the past 50 years so I could come back and bet on them and always win. There you go. I think someone else already had that idea. <laughs> yeah, like Back to the Future 2? Yep. And then I think by far the best one, who I'm a little surprised by, it was by Christopher, one of our less mature members. He said uh, he'd like to go back to just as the Industrial Revolution was kicking off in England, and that also he'd like to spend a year with his grandfather when his grandfather was about 25. That would be cool. Uh, just go back and like spend it with your family. I never family. met my grandfather. He said that he barely that got to meet neat. him either. That would be cool to go back. Yeah, no, my spend. grandpa died when my mom was like 15. Go back to when he was like 28. Just you know, like, just... you know, be like, hey, I'm your grandson. What's up? No, buddy? you can't tell him that. Cause Why not? Because then you like fade from the photograph. Oh, bullcrap. Haven't you seen number one? Haven't you seen Star Trek? Or Star Trek? No. The, the whole one. point in Star Trek is that you didn't die if you accidentally met yourself. Yeah. Spock just let Kirk believe that. Are you ruining He's... the movie? Captain, or... Everybody's seen it. Come on. Well, who's that doctor guy um, who almost, like, he's like, oh my gosh, that's my grandma. What if I'm my own grandfather? <gasps> no! That sounds disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty hilarious. Uh, so anyway, that's enough with that. Um, actually, we'll jump into the, the question for next week, and we can discuss this right now. With only three of us, it shouldn't take long. This is, again, from the What If book of questions. Uh, Kelly, you are leading it off. <clears throat> if you had to lose one of your five senses, which one would you give up? Wait, let's run through them. Touch, sight, hearing, smell, taste. Can talking be a sense? No. <laughs> oh. you'd, uh. you'd want to give up the ability to talk? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, no, that's not one of the five, though. No, one of the no it's not, but that's crazy anyway. Uh, okay, so sight, touch, definitely not touch. That would make girls, like, pointless. <laughs> <laughs> the Do you like Melissa's face? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> um, girls are pointless if Kelly can't touch them. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I guess sense of smell. Smell? It would make, make food a little less awesome, but it'd make it very still, much less awesome. Yeah, I'd still be able to taste it though to an extent. Barely. And well, I can barely taste it anyways. I put so much spice in it that it's just like <laughs> more pain than actual food. Um yeah. That would be the least of the five. I couldn't give up my eyesight. That would just I'd probably commit suicide. Melissa? I also would go with sense of smell. I mean, yes, food would not taste so good, but you could still taste 
something. I mean, still have the, the basic taste bud functions and be able to taste. Plus, working in a classroom with either unwashed or unwashed and over-deodorized young men, <laughs> <laughs> not such a big deal. I could go exactly. work in a middle school if I couldn't smell anything. Excellent. I Car never thought of that. Yeah, either. Carolyn, who was on the podcast last time, she has no sense of smell at all. We so kind of determined we, she was a freak of nature. Yeah, but... Well, yeah, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she gets along just fine, you know. She didn't even know she didn't have a sense of smell until she was like... 12 or something. It's like someone who's like, colorblind and doesn't realize it yeah, for a long time. Yeah, and then she finds like, wait, what? What am I missing out here on here? So, yeah. My first inclination was to go with hearing because I don't know how important that is. I mean, it would suck for music and stuff, but you could learn sign language or learn to read lips or, you know, whatever. Because I really like food. Like, I really, really <laughs> like food. I mean, Melissa has seen it enough times. We'll go to a restaurant and I'll start like kind of dancing in the booth. Not dancing, but like Kind of bopping back and forth because I get so excited about excited for food. eating food. Um, right. But I don't know. I, I might go with smell. Like I said, there are times when you know smelly coworkers or or whatever that it wouldn't be so bad to to be without. Um, but the question out there now is for you guys: What sense of your five would you be willing to give up permanently? Um, and also tell us why. We're going to include sense of style. Oh, a lot of them don't have that already. <laughs> oh man. True. <laughs> Europeans. Um, to those of you who haven't turned off the podcast at this point, we, we don't do worry. Apologize. We'll offend you too eventually. Yes. Give us some time. Give us some time. <laughs> in fact, I'm gonna start peeling my clothes off here in a minute. No, that's just gonna piss us off. Oh, they can't see. Melissa's <clears throat> plucking out her eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! All right, we're gonna move this on to uh, a listener commenter, Allison, my friend Allison Campbell. Uh, she wants us to talk about vampire movies and shows and books that have come out. She wants to know what we have to say about it. And I think both of you two have read Twilight. Ugh. Yeah. What are you ugh-ing? You've read it. Yeah, and I was, like, coerced. Just the first one, or did you read them all? No, I read all four of them. How can you be coerced into reading all four of them? That all sounds... right, the first, okay, no, 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 no. You get suckered in. You get suckered in by the whole, like, ugh. Okay. <laughs> there's no, there's seriously. this tantalizing promise of like vampire gruesomeness at some point. Yeah. So so okay, this is actually Carly's fault. So Carly, you suck. Uh, she brought the book to me while I was here one day, and said, "Oh, this is a neat. It's about vampires. It's a cool book. You should read it." And I was like, "Okay, I'll read it." And I started reading it, and the language in the book is really, really geared towards like. High school girls, preteen, preteen girls. girls. So it's, it's very like easy. Uber angst. It yeah, uber angst, and it's really easy to read. So it like it just kind of disappears. Lots hey, of internal what's up? monologue. Footsie. Playing footsie with your fiance. Um, I think she's playing footsie with you. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of like the first book was over in like a day, and I was like, okay, that wasn't great, but whatever. And then I learned about the other books. I'm like, well. You know, the story had potential, and there was a little bit of violence. So this could actually, and I, you know, I, I hear that other books have, you know, way more vampires in them, and there's werewolves and stuff. I was like, oh, dude, this could get, like, there could be, like, some epic battles and stuff. So I get, I start reading them, and the second one is over. I'm like, okay, that still not so great. But, you know, at that point, I was a little bit stuck. I kind of needed to know what was going to happen yeah. next. And read the third one, and I was like, dear lord, that was worse than the first two. 
And but I had to read the fourth one because I knew that this big conflict was coming. You know, I knew the stupid little girl wanted to be a vampire and she was about to become one. So I needed to know what happened there. And so I read it and ugh, the end. Melissa, take it away because I know you hate the end of this book as much as Uh, I do. Oh, it's awful. Feel free to ruin it for everybody. Yeah, Uh, make me happy. Ruin it for everyone. I'm going to ask our listeners: Have we done this segment before? Because I, I, I'm feeling some deja vu here. I feel oh, yeah. like we've done we the vampire thing before, but that's fine. I don't, I don't mind because it's worth ranting about a, a second or fifth or twentieth time. <laughs> you never complain about that. Oh, such a, such a disappointment. Because, I mean, granted, it's a, it's a tweeny bopper book, so you know it's not going to get like horrifically graphic, which is good because I really can't do horrifically graphic. I wouldn't have been cool. With that, but like but if, if, the if you most ever read, like, contrived resolution. I, and see, the other thing is, I don't object to happy endings either. Normally, a lot of people complained about Harry Potter, the last book, because it was a happy ending, and they thought that that's not the way it should be, and blah blah blah. And I'm not one of those people. I like happy endings, but this was like, you know, we've got to contrive a way to make everyone happy. We can't kill off any characters that we love. We can't have any unresolved love triangles or angst. We can't have any, like, bitter duels between rival lovers. We can't have, like, graphic death and dismemberment. I mean, nothing. The, the, the promise that the whole vampire werewolf thing had was never fulfilled. Yeah. And it was... It boiled, it boiled down to just, like, a big, long, really annoying conversation where a bunch of fights almost broke out and then they never did. And you just you're sitting there for probably six hours reading this crap, and maybe not six hours, but you know just a really long time reading this junk, and and you're just like, oh come on, at any second they're just gonna like because there's hundreds of vampires in this big field, and they're just gonna go at it, you know, just tear each other limb from limb. Why would vampires fight each other? They, they had there was conflict. Okay. There was, there was yeah. Like family fighting. Or? There was like a hybrid baby thing that some of them objected to, and it was gonna mess up the works so but yeah so every 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 other page you're like oh here it comes and then no they resolve it by talking it out you in style i mean yeah 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 (laughs) it was (laughs) like translators and (laughs) there were no bombs dropped but it was Uh, yeah well and i think i think the other problem is that one of the things stephanie meyer did author Yes. Okay. Strangely brilliantly, is she's got all of these adolescent vampires. They're all, like, 17, 18, 19-year-old vampires. Looking, though, right? No, well, okay, but here's the thing. They became vampires at 17, 18, 19-ish years old. Now, we all know 17, 18, 19-year-old people, and they're, like, festering, like, angst... Like, hormonal idiots. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's just, it's like this, like, upwelling of angst that seems to never end until, you know, some sort of maturity thing clicks in at some point and they become adults. But these vampires have been trapped in perpetual adolescence for hundreds of years, and they never grew out of no. it. Every <laughs> single one of these stupid vampire teenagers acts exactly like a teenager would act. Weird. Even after hundreds of years, and... So from that perspective, it's strangely brilliant. But from the perspective of a reader, especially an adult reader, you're sitting there going, "Grow up already!" Yeah, yeah. Oh. <sighs> now I think we should. Twilight's not the only vampire sort of phenomenon no. out there. So Kelly, I, I've never watched it, but tell us 
briefly maybe your thoughts on True Blood because I know that's <laughs> kind of one of the other sort of darker vampire stories. Is it still it's, really a, it's a little bit darker. Is it it's, like a love story? It, it, there is a love story in it. it. It is a lot more violent though. It's a very gory show. There's a lot of nudity. Uh, a TV show? Yeah, it's a TV show on HBO. HBO, HBO okay. Yeah. Um, lots of nudity, lots of gore. Uh, the stories are still kind of, especially, I mean, the, the first season I really, really liked it because there was a serial killer running around killing women who had slept with vampires, and you didn't know who it was. You thought maybe it was a vampire, but, you Sometimes know. I want to take segments of our podcast and just <clears throat> cut them out of context. <laughs> this is great. The serial killer just goes around killing women. It's awesome. <laughs> but, you know, the second season kind of went took a downhill plunge. The story wasn't nearly as amazing as the first season, but it was still really Entertaining and, and the char- some of the characters are so entertaining. Like the ma- the brother of the main character, I can't remember his name. He's this skinny British kid who plays a southern retard. Basically, he, he <laughs> he's not retarded, but he might as well be because he's really not very smart. And like he's Forrest constantly kind of character. Or? No, he he's you know he he's he's just really gullible and not book smart at all. So he, he's constantly getting himself into trouble. Like, like in the first season, he had slept with half of the girls that were murdered. Okay. And so everybody thought it was him. And he's like, I don't know what's going on. Hey, it's not me. Mm-mm. What? That's how he sounded. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, well, no. But, yeah. <laughs> so I, I really like True Blood. It's, it's because in True Blood, they actually do get into bloody, gory fights. And people get hacked to pieces. And, <laughs> like, when the vampires are exposed to the sun, they... Instead of like burning up, well, they do burn, but they become like just like globulous pools of goo. Gelatinous mess. Yeah, it's really disgusting. Like okay. if they get stabbed in the heart, they explode into like gore. Just gore, just everywhere. Gems everywhere. Yeah, it's it's messy. I like it. And if you guys out there can't tell, I don't like vampire stuff at all. I don't read books. I don't watch movies. I don't watch the TV stuff. Like vampires have no appeal to me at all. If you like watching something about the mummy or the creature of the Lagoon or whatever. Like I, I hear they're making a remake, remake of that. Really? Yeah. I can't remember. Cre- creature from the Black, Black Lagoon. Black Lagoon. I couldn't think yeah. of the color. But yeah, like I have no desire. <laughs> you thought it was like the Some, Green Lagoon? Uh, yeah. I th- at first, I was thinking green. I was like, the I was Azure like blue, blue. No but Lagoon. I, I'm just gonna skip it. Pretend the Puce, the Puce Lagoon. Yes. Yes. That Lagoon. But yeah, vampires do not do it for me. So I just don't care. I watched. What was that one movie with Kate Beckinsale once? Not Van Helsing. Oh, she's been into uh, Underworld. 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 I thought that movie was fantastic as a movie. Just that, like the framing, the cinematography, the casting, the acting, I thought was actually good. Um, especially Victor. Because whenever you hype a character up for so long, they have to deliver. Yeah. You just keep talking about this person being like the most badass person ever. And you're like, yeah. come on, guys. You've, already, you've ruined it. Like he can't. And then he comes out and he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> he, he's like the original progenitor of like the vampire race or whatever. And he's been in stasis for thousands of years. And when he comes out, he's like just as potent as he was when he went in yeah, and all the rest of the bloodline. He, he's, 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 I, for, I don't know the name of that actor, but he's a really great actor and he's, he owned that, that screen. Yeah. I can't think. I, I almost said the same guy that played Davy Jones, but that's not true. Mm, yes, actually. Is it? Bill same guy? Yes. Same guy. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Nye's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. He was just, but like, Super hardcore. I can see it. But yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it was a pretty good movie. Um, <laughs> His death scene was amazing. Yes. Everything <laughs> in that movie was great. I think as a sort of broader cultural phenomenon, the vampire thing is is interesting on a number of different levels. I mean, I think that a lot of the 
girlier vampire stuff all seems to hinge around the like the possibility that the vampire could be good. Yeah. And it's a very sort of Beauty and the Beast kind of a a story, just we've cast vampires this season kind of a thing. I mean, it's, the, it's that idea, and it's a little bit bad, but at the same time, it's all over literature, so you can't really escape it. But that idea of, like, if you were, you know, pure and noble and beautiful and, you know, the, the perfect woman, you can tame even the most savage vampire sort of a beast, the the... The guy-type vampire stories are a little gorier and less, you know, perhaps damaging to to women, but... Is it, okay, so I'm going to stretch this thing out a little bit. We, we all have people that we know who are nice girls in bad relationships because they want to save the bad guy. Is that, like, based on little girls watching Beauty and the Beast or something? Where does that come well, from? Where's the, the savior complex? The Disney people would tell you it's all from watching Beauty and the Beast, but the reality is it's a, such a common theme in literature and fairy tales. I know girls that probably didn't read a single book in school and like they lived but that life. But because it's in the literature, it gets into the TV shows and the movies. It's not just Beauty and the Beast. It's kind of a pervasive cultural myth. Yeah, that I, I would, I would if imagine you're the that. perfect woman, you can save any man. Yeah, I would imagine that Beauty and the Beast like stemmed from that. You know, originally. Yeah, it's. I mean, it wasn't a new story when Disney made it, so it's not like, you know, it's Disney's fault that these girls are, are believing this about themselves. Plus, it's not the only Disney movie where we have the. I mean, the perfect, beautiful, you know, woman, saving some man who's, you know, not quite there yet. I mean, Pocahontas and her transformation of John Smith from a, you know, imperialist capitalist, you yeah. know, Indian hating white man into, you know, the the savior and protector of the Native Americans. All right, I'm, I'm transitioning this entire podcast. We are jumping ahead to talk about <laughs> movies because Melissa basically just brought up Avatar. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole different theme, but yes. No, it's the same thing. Well, the man part is, but the perfect, beautiful woman saving him. No, not, no, no. Not quite. Because, okay, I've been thinking about Avatar lately. Whatever, tall blue chicks are hot. No, they're not. Not at all. Yeah, they are. Um, they're about as hot as Michelle Rodriguez, and that's not hot. Um, <laughs> it was also in that movie. Yes. Yeah, she got blown out of the skies. How? Spoilers. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen Avatar, you might as well just skip ahead like five, ten she minutes. She was such a minor character. Whatever. So, I've been thinking about that movie and the fact that it does borrow on this traditional, like, savior complex mentality. Um, they call it the white guilt. But it's more than the white We. <laughs> Maybe maybe I don't fully understand the white guilt, but Avatar and 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 I guess Last Samurai and Dances with Wolves and all that. It, it's not just that we're coming in and like liberating the savages, but it's that like we bring our own awesome Western white man mentality in to like fix what you guys can't do, right? I mean, it's not just this beautiful story about fighting against the imperialist, capitalist, horrible pigs, but it's the, like, I'm a white dude, and therefore I'm better than you natives, and therefore I'm going to share with you my expertise or my skills or my knowledge or my whiteness. Right, and the white guilt part of it comes in the, and I'm going to turn my back on my imperialist brethren but it's and both sides, join right? your... It's the, it's the, I'm trying to feel good about myself because I'm not like my forefathers who screwed all you guys, but at the same time I'm bringing my, like, arrogant awesomeness to share with you impoverished idiots. Yes. 
That's it's like this exactly twofold, like, I'm not as bad as the last people, but guess what? I'm the savior. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a, a classic theme. In... It's terrible. That movie had a horrible plot. It was paper thin and terrible. Apart yes. from the special effects, that movie shouldn't have done well. The acting wasn't very good. I mean, debatably, there might have been some characters who were good. There were characters we liked, but I don't think the acting was overly strong. I mean, I loved the commander, the general, the badass. Yeah. I have no idea what his title was, but he was my favorite character in the entire thing. I mean, that dude was the archetypal military. The first scene is like him with like a cup of coffee and a buzz cut, right? I mean, it's just like, I'm the guy that everybody's going to hate. You know, he just needed a cigar and it would have been perfect. Right, um, but the smoking roll. He should have, you know, he. They can only have one smoker. The only in a one PG-13 smoker. It, a cigar, and then like one of the natives with his like hand wrapped around its throat, just dragging it around. Yeah, like he couldn't. Or maybe, maybe or, like one of their typical. Maybe just one of their heads like hanging off of his belt. <laughs> it wasn't far from the truth. <laughs> like that dude just exuded all of that like machismo that. It was just you loved that character. Though. I loved the character, and that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like I liked the character, and some people might like Jake Sully or whoever else, but. The plot was bad, and the acting was weak, in general, I think. Yeah, I'll agree with that. What do you think, Melissa? I'm a little surprised to hear you being all negative about Avatar, because I remember coming out of the movie not really... I mean, I enjoyed it, but not really liking it. I mean, I I was not as excited coming out of the theater after seeing Avatar as I was coming out of the theater after seeing Star Trek. And in my head, and I know the connection isn't really meaningful to anyone else, but in my head, that's what I kept thinking about, was how much fun I had watching Star Trek, and how ex- how glad I was to have spent the money and gone to see Star Trek. And when I came out of Avatar, I remember not feeling that way at all, not really having liked it, and you were all excited! <laughs> I liked- and I, I just... I guess maybe the special effects, like, did their magic it on you? It was the special effects and the commander. Yes. Like, <clears throat> he... Every part, every scene that had him in it, I was just excited to see what he would do next. Because he was just so awesome. Like, he saved the movie almost for me. <laughs> if he wouldn't have been in there and it would have just been special effects, it would have basically been Transformers That's why the too. movie pretty much ended as soon as he died. Like, spoilers! Okay, fire We enough. already warned. <laughs> we already warned there spoilers. Your own fault. Yeah, for serious. I know. Everybody knew that he was going to die anyway, right? Yeah. I mean, there was no way that that man... He couldn't survive that movie. I mean, no, you had to, you had to kill him. I think we could bring him back though. Uh, yeah, simple. perhaps yeah. R two. Yeah, they go. Oh, okay. please God, don't say that out loud. <laughs> they might be listening. <laughs> don't make a sequel, please. <laughs> don't make a sequel. It's good on no phone. It's own. I'll uh-huh. probably buy it anyways, just because it's so pretty, and because I want to. But see it's it. not going to be in three D. Is that going to affect the way you think? It, of it could be. You have to have a three D TV. No, you don't. Yeah, you do. No, you don't. I am now an expert on three D, having seen it. What? Most no, of no, you can. They can. They can make a 3D version on Blu-ray and just wear the silly little glasses. And you, you can have watch to have it. a 3D TV. You don't have to. It has to be 120 hertz at minimum, which uh, yours is not. Trust me. I no. All right. I've seen. Dude, we've been watching 3D movies for ages. You're talking about black and or blue no, and red. No, no. What I watch TV movie is 3D other than Coraline. Blue, other than blue and red. It was not blue and red at home. Yes. What? It's a different technology. It's a different it's type not of as, technology. I mean, the 3D isn't yeah, as high quality as the stuff that you and I saw in Vancouver okay. this weekend. But right. um, it's it's doable. It's just, I mean, it's a it's still a an image shift rather than like actual. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The yeah. Hmm. But it's better than the black, blue, and red. 
I know, for sure. Could, <laughs> yeah, it's black. Black, <laughs> yeah, and blue, but, black and white, black. I, be, I beat a punk ass earlier this week, so I, you know, black. I was blue. thinking black and blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, we're gonna do a quick little thing here where you either have to sum it up in five seconds or one word. The movie that I say. Oh. <laughs> Yes. Five, wait, wait, wait. I'm to give my disclaimer one, one? here that Luke has not prepared us for any of this. Nope. So <laughs> yeah, totally I have awesome. no idea which movies yep. he's going to throw out here, except maybe the ones he mentioned when we were preparing for the, for the podcast, which I don't even remember. So it's essentially the same thing. So, yes. No rambling, just your gut reaction when you first hear the name. Which will be ah for every single one. Kelly. So we, we, wait, wait. So we have like f- 10 seconds or just like 10 seconds one. to say something. Okay. All right. Kelly, you're first. Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it? That's all I got. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to do some of these yourself? Sure. Okay. Um, uh, I will do Where the Wild Things Are. I loved this movie because it was based on my childhood book, and they did a fantastic job trying to recreate the feeling of being Max. I think it was a really good exposure to that whole like angsty kid, single-parent kind of Life that I grew up with. This is a very angsty episode. It is. And Melissa cried a lot. I I almost cried. I was I was moved. I cried deeply. Melissa cried a lot though. Like, <clears throat> almost the whole movie. Yeah, it was a sad movie. Um, Melissa, Public Enemies. I was disappointed because there was no clear moral to the story, and I mean it doesn't have to be a big preachy movie, but. There didn't quite seem to be a point. It wasn't the triumph of the cagey bad guy or the, the you know, dominance of the new technological crime-fighting unit. It, it, it was just a movie with no clear point. So it was fun and it was air-conditioned, but I, <laughs> it, it, I was disappointed. I need to clarify that. Melissa went to that movie by herself this summer. Maybe the first time you've ever gone to a movie by yourself. Yes. Because it was... 98, 100 degrees was that big heat wave we had, and she just wanted an air-conditioned place to sit for a couple hours. Nice. That's what she chose. (laughs) That's a good way to get away from it, yeah. Kelly, a movie that is apparently called Sex Drive. Go. (laughs) This movie was great. It was, uh, I think it was a straight-to-DVD release. Um, It was really, really funny. It it caught me and a bunch of my friends off guard when we watched it. It's, uh, It's about a kid who's decided to travel across half the country to go meet a girl who's promised to have sex with him. Like an online oh, so relationship? A, no, no, it's a, <clears throat> it's kind of a, it's a remake a, of the Sure Thing. Possibly. I, it's or a very similar plot. Probably very similar, John yeah. Cusack movie from the 1980s. It's probably oh, much yeah, yeah, better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was great. They run into Amish people who, like, are having a kegger, and they... Does he drive by himself, or does he... Drive with us someone. He has his two best friends. One is a girl. One is this crazy sex-addled boy. Okay. Um, it's really funny. It, like I said, it caught us off guard. We didn't expect it to be good. It was kind of like an old La- National Lampoon before National Lampoon got all crappy. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, Kelly. 2012. <laughs> that movie was not very good. <laughs> <laughs> were the special effects good, at least? Uh, they were all right. Um, it was just a big, like, overdone disaster movie like you've seen a thousand times before better um, or worse than day after tomorrow i liked day after tomorrow me too which is why i yeah, asked for the comparison um, 
I did like Day After Tomorrow uh, way better than this, okay. especially. And even after my mom watched Day After Tomorrow probably a thousand times at home, she loves that. <laughs> it's like her favorite movie. She she would just like pop it in while she was doing the dishes. She just needs a, a just good what, cheering up, and so she throws yeah. in disaster movies. Oh, oh, yeah. That's why that's why actually why I saw 2012, because she loves disaster movies, and she was really excited to go see it with me. So we went and saw it together. And uh, like I said, the, okay, the thing that really disappointed me was the very first trailer that came out for this movie was the giant wave mm-hmm. um, washing over the Himalayas and smashing into that old monastery. man's monastery. And uh, the music that went along with that not just the teaser trailer. The not the music music from the movie, for one, but that it just, it's, it, you had this sense of just extreme foreboding when you watched that teaser trailer and I just like fell in love with it instantly. And when I saw the actual film, I was just like, no. Yeah. It, no. <laughs> That's not what I wanted. So right. that was way more than 10 seconds. Melissa, right. Star Trek. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was probably the most fun I've had going to the movies in years. And the thing I liked most about it was how well the actors portrayed these characters from the 60s. Yes. Spock was Spock. McCoy was. McCoy was. McCoy. He my was spot favorite. on. He was and amazing. It was shocking and amazing. And. Uh, it was Carl Urban yeah. from Lord of the Rings and uh, Amor. Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, it <it's> a... <laughs> was <right>. spectacular. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't the best movie I've ever seen, but it was the most fun I've had at the movies in years. Good, good, good. Kelly, I'll give this one to you. District 9. Ooh. Haven't we talked about that one on here? Yeah, already? but just like... <clears throat> You, you recently bought I, it. I did buy it, and the second time I watched it, it was just as good as the first time. It's just, it's got such a great message to it, and it's got amazing special effects. And you know, the first time I saw it, it shocked me so much because it's so gory. But it, it you know, it had a point, and the gore wasn't there just to be disgusting. It was there to, you know, at, at points, it was there to really drive messages home like you know melissa had a really hard time with one scene uh, it was really disturbing because it was so gory and because something so horrible happened and i just i think it's a great movie and people should watch it go watch it now yes melissa you're getting a weird one moon Ooh. i cried the entire time did you really well like half the movie yeah i wasn't paying attention it's probably the third movie this year where i've cried for more than half a movie it was very (laughs) strange yeah it was was, the three of us watched it last week. Last week, last week. yeah. Um, I'll try not to give away too much detail yeah, for don't people ruin it, who it's a haven't good story. seen it, because I'm guessing most of you have not seen this movie. Uh, but I, and some of it was just like the day that I'd had and whatever. But it was sad, like two not entirely likable characters yeah. in a kind of bizarre situation, but still just like I really felt for them. The entire movie. Yeah. And um, it was sad. I mean, I don't think most of you will cry the entire time. Again, like I said, the day I had, the day we watched it, I was kind of on the edge to begin with. But, um, yeah, more sad than I'd expected. Sure. Yeah. Just so people know that Moon is about a uh, <clears throat> it's about a man who is on the moon um, running a energy collection facility up there. They uh, mine rocks for hydrogen-3, I believe yeah. it was. helium-3. Helium-3, okay. And uh, and he's the only person up there. He's by them himself the entire... On a three-year contract. On a three-year contract with only, like, a robot to talk 
to. And the movie and focuses on the like the last two th- weeks. Two weeks of two his weeks. contract. Yeah. 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 So definitely yeah. worth checking out. It's on Blu-ray and DVD now. That yeah. Sam works. Sam Rockwell, that guy is amazing. Yeah. Very good. And then I'm taking the last one, although you guys can chime in if you want. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Kelly and I went to go see The Book of Eli, mm. um, which I intentionally hadn't watched any trailers for. It's kind of this new thing I've been doing where any movie I really want to see, I just go on total blackout. So I had no idea really what to expect other than I knew, well, I didn't really know the person, but I'd, I'd heard an interview with the person who wrote it. And uh, I genuinely thought it was a fantastic movie. I liked um, the art style, the feeling, the the just the quality of acting by Denzel. Like I think he's one of my favorite actors ever and he just totally knocked it out of the park. The movie has an interesting kind of theme or message or I don't know what you'd call it, Kelly. Not um, what you're expecting for. <clears throat> was it a message so much as it was just a story? I mean, I don't possibly. Um, I, I don't want to say it just, too much, it just felt like an interesting story to me for the most part. I mean, it's a topic just, that you don't usually see in movies. Yeah. Um, at least presented I, it wasn't, this way. Yeah, and, and the way it was, yeah, it is hard not to reveal what happens. Basically, there's a book, and Eli is trying to get it to the West Coast to save humanity in his own little way. And uh, you don't know what the book is for a really long time. Um, that's part of the mystery of going to see the movie. And I was not entirely shocked by what it what the book was in the end. I was, it was one of the ideas I'd had going. Yeah, on the short see, list. Of yeah, it was. Yeah, it was on the short list. Um, I don't know. I, Eli wasn't my favorite movie, but I enjoyed it while it it had uh, had Jackie from that '70s show, Mila. Yeah, Kunis? but but uh, yeah, Mila Kun- Kunis, something Kunis? like that. Kunis. Somebody else, hottiness. Yeah, uh, and uh, the bad guy. Uh, I don't recognize him from anything. Z- Z- Zoltan. Zoltan. Zol- not Zoltan. <laughs> not Zoltan. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, Fifth Element, the bad guy. That uh, was not the same bad guy. Yes, it is. No way. Yes. The same bad guy. Yes. The dude with, like, the hair and the weird, yes. like, plastic thing on his same head. Same man, yes. Uh, Rad, okay. What is his name? I the love that guy. guy. Fifth Element, that's his he name. Was, he was in, uh, The Professional. He was the bad guy in The Professional. He was the bad guy in, uh, Lost in Space. He's been a bad guy a lot of times. Tell you what, we'll move on to the next topic and you can iPhone it. All right, Pod? Yes! Um... All right, same thing, different category. Same idea, 10 seconds or short, kind of brief thing. Now we're talking about video games. Of course we are. Of course we are. This is kind of like a 2009 recap show, even though I said I wouldn't do it. Um, Melissa, Flower. I love Flower. Kelly, get your phone out of here. You're supposed to be looking up something. uh, Probably one of the first video games I've ever played start to finish by myself. You did. Uh, I did. I played it start to finish by myself uh, in one sitting. Yes, you did. It was oh, like wow. three hours or so. It was a bit of a, of a shocker. I handed her the controller um, and I said, here, play this for a little bit. And then suddenly... And I beat the game. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, pretty cool. Which is funny to say because, I mean, it's flower and it's not really a game you beat, but I kicked that game's butt. It had a narrative. At the end. It, it did. It had a narrative. It was su- surprisingly emotional. Yeah. Um, there's one level that I won't go back and play because I call it the scary level. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a lot awesome. of umming, so I think I've pretty much said everything I need to say about Flower, except that it's beautiful and everyone should play it. It is a pretty game. If you've got a nice TV, that's a game worth showing off to people. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that sounds weird. In the Ooh, and I don't know the <clears throat> other people are stupid like me, but uh, the themes for PS3s, they... Uh, they just released a dynamic 
flower theme. Wait, really? Yeah. I'll buy it's that. It's really nice. I'll buy it's, that tonight. And it, it, it changes, you know, for... Does, like, the grass on, blow anything? Or the it... grass blows and, and leaves flutter by, and there's one little flower, and, and the day shifts. I will buy that. Time. At nighttime, it's really blue, and it's pretty and gorgeous, and it's just awesome. For for just a, an, an interruption here, I'm going to be distracted for the next couple of minutes because... Uh, even though Luke won't post this for another couple months, uh, Yevgeny Klyshenko <laughs> is uh, skating in like his fourth Olympics or something ridiculous like that. So uh, I'm going to be watching that while y'all talk about your games. That boy has a lot of sequins on his He has a lot of sequins on his stuff, but he's a freaking awesome Russian skaterman, and I'm excited for him. Is he going to do some ninja kicks? Possibly. You never know. It's Yevgeny Klyshenko. Also, uh, uh, Paul Anton Ono, if you're listening to this podcast... <laughs> Please, for the love of God, shave off your little soul patch. You look like an idiot. Thank you. Rough. All right, Kelly. Can you look up stuff and answer questions or mm, say things? Fifth. How do you spell fifth? Okay, you keep doing that. I'm going to talk about Borderlands. Because Borderlands was a game that I kind of had my eye on in 2008. Um, but in 2009, when they changed the art style, it completely just refocus my attention on it. Uh, it's a first-person RPG um, this with guns. Game, yeah, with this game, bazillions of guns. This game is amazing. It scratches all those little itches I have about loot drops, because you'll shoot a dude... Gary and, Oldman. Gary Oldman. That's the man's name. Wait, what's... what's What you talking about, Willis? What's that guy's name? Gary... Busey? No, the black kid, Webster. Not Webster. Not yeah. Gary Oldman. No, but what's his name? I don't know. Look it up. Is that his name? Webster? Is that the guy I'm thinking of? I have well, no idea. What you talking about, Willis? I don't know what we're talking about anymore. Oh, you guys. <laughs> Just t- talk about Borderlands. Yeah. Borderlands is great, and if you like either shooting dudes or collecting stuff, you should go buy it and then play it with Kelly and I, because we also like to shoot dudes and collect yeah, stuff. Yeah, this story in this game is pretty awesome. The There's no game story th- in this game. There, If you're paying attention. There's, it's trivial. It, okay, it, it is a little <laughs> bit trivial, but it's still like interesting, you know, either... There's this end goal that you're really excited about, and it's <clears throat> kind of a mystery, sort of. And, you know, it's... Either way, the game is very fun to look at, and it's got a lot of interesting locations, and there's some good downloadable content you know, with zombies and... Uh, <clears throat> other stuff. Other stuff. You dig through hyena poop, though. Yes, you do. It's not hyena poop. It might as well be hyena it's vomit. Whatever. It's like owl pellets. Kelly... Demon Souls. <laughs> what are we doing right now? We're <laughs> You're just talking about it ten seconds or less. <laughs> Alright, Demon Souls is the hardest game you will ever play, hands down, except unless you go back to, like, Mega Robotron. Man. Yeah, like Mega old school. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Since then, though, this is the hardest game ever made. It's like, In the ta- past ten years, I'd say. It yeah. is the most, like, abusive, like, if you if you buy this game, you're basically signing up to be abused. Uh, if you start doing poorly, it gets harder. Yeah, yeah. If you if you suck, like if you fail a level, the next time you go back to that level, it's actually a little bit harder. And if you continue to fail, it gets harder and harder and harder. The level turns into what it goes towards uh, the black phase. Basically, there's white and black. And if you do really well, it goes to white. But if you suck, it goes to black, and it kicks you in the balls repeatedly. <laughs> so, <laughs> and and these creatures called red phantoms or something like black phantoms start showing up and slaughtering your face and yeah it's just it's uh, uh, my god I actually I'm, I'm still gonna beat the game but I had to take a break because it was psychologically exhausting <laughs> alright since Melissa's busy I'll go um Forza Motorsport 3 uh 
I'll keep this one short. It is the definitive console racing sim at this point. I mean, Gran Turismo 5 could take the title back, but if you own an Xbox 360 and you like the really realistic, nitty-gritty kind of car stuff, if you like messing with gear ratios and drag coefficients, go get that game. Yes, okay, Gary. Seriously, Gary, Gary Oldman was uh, Commissioner Gordon in the Batman movies, the most recent Batman movies. Really? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Same guy. I forgot about him. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so, now I can see the connection. Yes. All right, Melissa. All right, that's enough from Gary Oldman anyways. I'm back. All right. Yevgeny skated brilliantly. Did he? Yes. Machinarium. Go. Machinarium. Uh, side-scrolling. Robots. Adorable. No dialogue whatsoever. And it makes it cuter. Oh, it's so much cuter that way. It's like a point-and-click adventure, right? It's a like point an old click, Sierra LucasArts. Sierra LucasArts point-and-click adventure. It's got some, it's independently some made. real-time puzzle-solving elements to it. And a robot love story. Enough said. Yeah, it's beautiful. I beat it in a single day because I was just like so caught up in its awesomeness. Who should I give this one to? Kelly, mm. you get Modern Warfare 2 because you played it too. Uh. Everybody's going to disagree with me. That's on okay. One. It's opinions, man. I, this is not I did not, not like it at all. I was I played 2 hours and then I was done. Did you play um, any uh, multiplayer? I did not because what I've read multiplayer is essentially the same as it was in the first one except they've added new maps, a couple new weapons. Dude, some you new mean stuff. you didn't unlock the cheat that'll give you like 70 prestige, man? Yeah. Because, like, like, I totally did that, and now I can kick <laughs> everyone's butt. Yeah, I totally, like, prestiged like five times in the first day, man. No, I hate online gaming for the most part, <laughs> and so I didn't really care to try it out, but they basically just scrapped single player entirely in this game. They, It's even shorter than in the first game, somehow. <laughs> somehow. It's shorter than the first game, which was... Your mom's shorter. Sure. <laughs> Probably people listening to this right now, they're saying dumb stuff just yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, did you hear what he said? He said he didn't like it, and he didn't play multiplayer. He's uh, a noob. He yeah. doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and, We're but yeah, they turned the single player into more of like a multiplayer feel. Like you're, you're placed in these really small levels, and they just throw just hordes and hordes of these bad guys at you. It's not like you're in an actual battle with, you know, little skirmishes here and there, like in the older games. In this one, it's just constant, just chaos. Yeah. And there's no, there's almost zero breaks um, to to do it more other stuff, like maybe hack into a console or do something significant in the world. <laughs> you know, basically you're just, you know, point A to point B, slaughter as many guys as you can on the way over there, try not to die. So, and I didn't enjoy it. So how's the story? <clears throat> <laughs> this story, uh, okay. In the don't first ruin, game, don't ruin the Russian. The if Russian? you can't, don't don't ruin that level. Right? Yeah. There's one level that's really disturbing. Um, I thought it was kind of in bad taste, actually. And I thought I was making a joke by asking about the story. Oh. You were. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The story. People compare this game to a Michael Bay film. Like it's like yeah. Transformers Two. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's except they're trying to explosions and yeah. Excitement. They're trying to make. They're trying to glorify this. You know, they, they do kind of, you know, somebody gets killed. Like, in the first in the first Modern Warfare game, when someone got killed, like, there's the nuclear weapon that goes off and one of your characters is still alive shortly after the fact during a heli- helicopter, helicopter crash. crash yeah. And he's walking around and it's just like a really emotional moment. Strangely really, emotional. Strangely that, just... Call of Duty 4, at that point, I was like, wait, this can't actually happen. And yeah, and, and you die. 
You die as that die. character. You, in fact, you, got, you like, die multiple times in that. You're different yeah, characters. That's true. You play two, as different characters and, deaths, and, yeah. and multiple. You know, even the very first character you play as, you don't even. He never has a gun. He's executed point blank with a gun, yeah. and you play as him too. And it, the first one had all this emotional stuff, you know, tangled in, and there was a really good story along. This time, they just kind of rushed through it. They didn't care about this or that, and they just kind of wanted to dis- disturb you at one point with that that crazy level. I just I didn't like it. I, 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 like I said, I played it for a few hours. And Wait, stop. You do not get to blow kisses at dudes on TV. He just scored 90 points. What are you talking about? Is Plus, he good? blew a kiss at me. He did not blow a kiss at you. Yes, he, he blew did. a kiss at the camera. Whatever. Not the same thing. <laughs> Would you leave Luke for this man? No. No. You probably can't even speak the same language as him. Plus, he's kind of scraggly looking. Yeah, and Russian. Luke's kind of scraggly. They have the same nose. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to punch you and give you the same nose. Anyway. Um... Uh, we'll almost wind this up. We'll give one to me, because I haven't said anything yet, have I? I said Borderlands. I just wanted to say that Killzone 2 was a major disappointment for me. Um, Word. Not just because it was really hard, but because they had a great story going, and they just turned their back on it. Like, this seemed to be aimed too much at the Call of Duty crowd, um, and not enough at the crowd that likes stories and the yeah. games. Dude, that game was crazy hard. I... I don't know what you're talking about. It wasn't for us. It wasn't anything like Call of Duty, man. Couldn't prestige. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Melissa, you get the last one, kind of. Uncharted 2. Yeah, because everyone else is going to talk about it. But uh, seriously, best-looking video game I've ever seen in my entire life, which is exactly what I said about Uncharted 1, except that this one was better. (laughs) That's it, the end. Kelly? I love that game. (laughs) I love that game. It was so much fun. It was longer than the first one. It had... You know the characters you love come back and great storytelling. Thing, great storytelling. Multiplayer is even fun. I actually played a little bit of the multiplayer, and that was good. One of the best and things about it is that there are no loading screens. Like there is yeah. no, there is no point where you're like, yeah, I've kind of reached a natural conclusion. Like I'm just gonna turn it off. Like it just keeps saying, like, all right, let's just push forward, keep going. Let's you know play another hour, but not in yeah. like a weird Call of Duty exhausting kind of way because they do mix it up and there is pacing. It's not just like cramming it down your throat, but there is no, there's no break to the story. It's like you're watching a movie. It is the most cinematic game I've ever played. Yeah. This this game is actually part of the reason I disliked Call of Duty: Modern Warfare 2 so much, because that game got a whole bunch of awards on <laughs> online sites. You know, Game of the Year bullcrap. Whereas Uncharted 2 didn't, uh, but it should have. <clears throat> yeah, game trailers, you suck. A lot, and I'm gonna come down to your offices in Cali or wherever, and I'm gonna punch you all in the mouth. <laughs> Cali, you're just jealous. I am not. Um, what was I saying? That. All right, your turn. Talk about Uncharted Two. Uh, it's the best game ever. Go buy it. If you don't own a PS3, go buy both. Yeah. Kelly, you get the last one. Yay! Well, I thought that was the last. Mass one. Effect Two. Oh. <laughs> Ten uh, seconds. Initial reaction. I'm. I haven't beat it yet, but I'm disappointed they turned it into gears of war rpg what the crap <laughs> i wanted mass effect 2 not gears of war rpg that's that's all i've got to say for now i'll give a proper review later yeah we'll we'll come back to this when he eventually gets around to beating it um quick little update for anybody that cares about our lives we are now transitioning to the life is good life is crappy section uh kelly and i are in school right now which is the crappy part Mm-hmm. I'm now actually attending both University of Seattle, University of Washington, Seattle campus, and SPSCC down here in Olympia. 
So I'm going to two schools taking four classes. It's pretty ridiculous. And Kelly is... I'm taking a single class right he's, now. You're in the middle of some BS at your own school. Yeah, my, my school like to screw me <clears throat> over and over and over again. So those are the but, lame things. But on the good notes, Kelly, you got a tattoo that I just poked. Yay, I got a new tattoo. It wraps around my old clover and it's a big old thistle. It's a big old thistle. It's a, it's a big, big old, old thistle. It's the entire like forearm. Yeah. It's big. Are you still liking it? I love it. Yeah? Yes. No no regrets? No, not at all. Good. Oh, I can't see my skin anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I love it. Oh, and back on the college thing, I get to graduate after next quarter, so I'm pretty excited. Even without all the math classes you need? That's, I'm taking it next quarter. And that'll be it? You'll be yeah, good? that'll be it. So you get your I'll associates? Yeah, I'll have my associates, and then I'm going to move elsewhere and finish my bachelor's. Yay! I mean, I'm sad about you moving, but I'm happy yeah. about you doing something. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> Having been so. in that position and, and near the end of that same... I mean, who knows? I might actually do Evergreen or something if, you know, Bellingham doesn't work out. You run off to New York with Aaron? Never to come back? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't get anything done in New York. Yeah, that's true. All right, Melissa. Um, wedding stuff. We're planning a wedding. We are planning a wedding. I bought a dress. Yay! I um, went to a wedding show last month. With my mom. And... Didn't die. I, I managed to, to Were you not sell my soul. I was a little bit scared, yes. Yeah? Um, it, it, was, it was tough. There were a lot of people offering me cake. <laughs> As bribes, um, <laughs> they're like, "Here, you don't want to fit into your dress. Come eat our cake." The fact that most of it was chocolate made it a little easier, since I'm allergic. Um, not that it made it easier to eat the cake. I didn't eat most of the cake. Um, l- tons of wedding photographers. Tons of wedding things I didn't realize I supposedly needed. Like, did you know that we need to not only have a a DJ? And possibly a live band. I can't tell. There live was band. a lot of, uh, you know, music people there. We we also need a wedding lighting designer and wedding decorators and some sort of, like, live ice sculpture artist. <laughs> apparently these are must-haves for the modern wedding. Our that. wedding isn't legit <laughs> if you don't have an ice, scul- <laughs> ice sculpture. Wait, wait. Could, I, I don't know. What, could we get, like, Frank in on this? You guys remember Frank? No. Uh, Although I think we should get Father a bunch of, of the, the movie Father of the Bride with Steve uh, Steve Steve Martin <laughs> Steve, Steve Martin. Martin yeah Frank the friggin I never saw it oh my gosh that guy was ridiculous I think I should yeah. go get a, like a bunch of big blocks of you just ice need and like a Dremel tool and people at the wedding can make their own ice sculptures you just need oh that's a really good idea <laughs> or just uh, one giant piece of ice and some everybody gets to chip away at it a little bit until it becomes. A hazard to everybody else that stands near it. Yes, I think the children are all hacking at the bottom, and it starts to tip. <laughs> yes, this is what we need. EMTs that are crushes a child. Um, what other things with the wedding? Are we, I mean, we're, we're on good pace, right? We should be able to get married on time. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes. I mean, whether or not there'll be food at the wedding, it's kind of up in the air. No. I mean, there's a lot of sort of nitty gritty, little planning things that have to happen for there to be a semi-fancy-ish wedding, and I think we're not behind on any of it, but I think I've definitely taken more time. I mean, I could have planned it faster Yeah. had I needed to or wanted to, but... You could have also planned it faster if I wasn't so lame. Let's okay, be honest. Let's, if I wasn't busy, then... Let's clarify to, to be clear here, because Luke is probably one of the better... One of the best fiancés I've heard of, um, because he really likes wedding stuff, so it's okay for me to 
to, you know, call him at the end of the night and talk to him about wedding things, and he's not like, oh, honey, just do whatever. This is your day. Like, he's genuinely interested in, interested in everything about the wedding. Um, but because I have all this, not that I have all this free time, but it's like I've got time when I'm thinking about it and processing things and coming up with ideas, and then Luke's so busy I have to fit into his schedule when I can mention those ideas, and sure. then he needs time to process and think about it. So I think that slowed us down a little bit, but nothing, you know, bad or dramatic, and he's not being lame. He's just busy. All right. We're going to have probably our live report at the end of this podcast, but do we want to give him a sneak peek of what we did this weekend? A little bit of a sneak peek, I think, because otherwise <laughs> this podcast is long enough. They probably won't listen to the live report. Sure. How long are we? I don't know. I can't right. figure out how to read it. Okay. Yeah. So. Regardless, uh, Luke and I went to the Olympics for Yay! Valentine's Day. Like the best Valentine's Day present ever. Yeah, basically. It was um, ridiculously fun. I I have loved the Olympics since I was four years old. I was born in Olympic year, but I don't remember any <laughs> of that Olympics. But my dad tells the story. In 1988, I was like glued to the television as a four-year-old watching the Olympics. And I I love the Olympics. So the fact that they were in Vancouver, BC this year, which is within driving distance of my house, m- made it such that I I really, really wanted to go. And I didn't think I was going to get to. I thought the tickets would be way too expensive. And Luke's like, well, just look them up. See how much they cost. And so I did. And I realized that I could totally afford tickets to maybe one event. Yeah. So we went ahead and bought tickets. And we went to... Um, women's hockey. Really cool. Which I'd never watched before. I'd seen women play on men's teams, but I'd never seen a full game of women's hockey. And I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it because it's not quite as fast or quite as hard hitting as men's hockey, but still really exciting and good skating. Um, we saw Russia and Finland. <clears throat> Finland won. Yay! Five to one. It was a very exciting game. We got to travel around downtown Vancouver and see the sights, all the Every Canadian in Canada owns, like, a full head-to-toe Team Canada outfit yes. by now. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Like, and in most countries, you don't wear your own country stuff unless you're actually no, at an Canadians. event. These are real Canadians wearing Team Canada stuff just because they're out in Vancouver. Because they, they have to. It's like a law or something. Probably. <laughs> we saw the Olympic cauldron yeah. as close as you can possibly get to it. Sure. Which is not all that close, but still freaking cool. Um, we, we saw what may be the Olympic Village, we're not quite sure, um... I think one of the most neat things was on Sunday night, we saw President Joe, Vice President Joe Biden's motorcade go by. We did! The Vice President is in Vancouver watching some of the events, supporting the U.S. athletes, and we saw his motorcade drive by through Melissa, downtown Melissa Vancouver. Melissa sees, like, five motorcycle police kind of doing something special, and I don't really think that much of it. I thought they were, like, escorting, you know, an athlete or something to their event. Maybe they were behind schedule or whatever. And then, like... 15 all-black windowed armored Suburbans go by. With an ambulance with an trailing ambulance them. With an ambulance trailing them. Like, <laughs> yeah. Full proper, like, vice presidential motorcade. And so we we look it up later and find out that, yeah, Joe Biden was in town for the, the women's hockey game, right? U.S. versus China. I think Probably, was, yeah, the, yeah. Early, the game earlier in the day. U.S. beat China 12-1. to 1. Yay! Yay! <laughs> We're less excited than the... Than the well, we didn't the, go to that game. So. Anyway, at the end of this, we'll probably splice together... Uh, 
I will probably splice together all of our live reporting nonsense. Yeah, we, we did some live reporting from Canada so that you could hear our Olympic adventures in person. I do think, though, for fairness to Kelly, since he's not going to have to wait a whole month to hear our story, we <laughs> should tell Luke's exciting Olympic security moment. Oh, boy. Okay, so we <laughs> yeah. had to go through a security checkpoint to get into the, the game. Um, security checkpoint, by the way, not a big deal. You put your bags through the scanner. You it's walk like being at the airport metal almost, detector. It's like being at the airport and you didn't have to take off your shoes. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I put the, the camera bag and my keys in the little x-ray scanner dealie. And I think about what I've got on my body. It's just a cell phone in my pocket and then a wallet in my back pocket. And I'm like, that's probably fine. So I walk through the detector. It goes off. It occurs to me that the zipper on my jacket is all metal, so I'm like, oh, stupid me. I should have taken off the jacket. And so this five foot two, like, Indian with a dot woman comes over with the little wand, scanny deal, and, you know, runs it over my chest. The thing goes crazy. Beep, 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 beep. And I'm like, yep, sorry, it's the zipper. And she doesn't say anything. She just kind of, like, looks me in the eye and then starts rubbing my chest and then kind of, like, works down my abdomen and grabs my pocket and then waves her little wand over my pocket. And still isn't saying anything. And I'm like, yeah, it's a cell phone. And she's just looking at me in the eye. And I'm like, okay, this is getting kind of weird. And then she reaches around and just grabs my butt. And then kind of like starts like feeling for my wallet. And still is just looking at me in the eye and not saying anything. And I'm really uncomfortable. So I'm like, yeah, that's my wallet. And she, you know, kind of reaches back up my chest the other side. And then reaches back to my pocket and grabs my butt again. And I'm just sitting there not saying anything. Not sure if I should go or answer her or pull it out or do anything, and she reaches back a third time and reaches for my wallet, and I'm, I don't know if she doesn't know English, and that's like the gesture for please take that out of your pocket, sir, but I'm just like freaking out, and then she eventually just kind of like puts her hands down and still isn't saying anything to me, and I'm like, am I done? <laughs> and just kind of walk off, and Melissa is just laughing <laughs> so hard, like she is just... She thinks this is the funniest thing ever. You will hear our in-the-moment commentary at the end of this <clears throat> broadcast, but I just thought we'd give you a little teaser of some of our Olympic yeah, stories. Yeah, she, she felt me up, like, <laughs> in plain view of everybody without saying a word, without diverting her eyes from mine. It was so uncomfortable. Oh, it was weird. So. That's messed up. It was very messed up. But I have no idea how to tell time. This probably is at least an hour. At least, yeah. Something close to that. So we should probably wrap it up. Uh, like Melissa alluded to, this is not going to be up for a while. <laughs> I've got a big biochem test on Friday, and then I need to be moving out of my apartment by the end of the month. So you can expect this in a couple weeks, probably around spring break time in, in March. Um, so with that, we will let you go and stick around for our crazy Olympics report. Good night. No, don't leave me. Bye. <laughs> It is Saturday the 13th of February, almost 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Melissa and I are on our way to the Olympics. Well, not really yet. We're going to Bellingham for tonight, and we're going to go tour her school and go out to a fancy Valentine's dinner, and it's going to be exciting. I just had a cookie dough blizzard, and Melissa is now playing with a fancy camera that I got from school. So that's basically our update. What are you thinking, babe? How, how are you liking this so far? Uh, so far, it's been a pretty good drive. We had some wet weather down south, but now things are are dried out and it's it's cloudy. But where are we? We are just north of Marysville, and that's the best I can do. 
Alright, excellent. At this point, Luke and I have just finished a tour of the campus here at Western Washington University, my alma mater. So Luke, what was your favorite part of the tour? Uh, taking cool pictures of you. Okay, what was your favorite location of the tour then? Uh, I kind of liked the holography room, even though we didn't go inside. It just sounds like there might be rad things in there like you would see on Star Wars. Yeah, I pretty much think the same thing when I walk by it as well. Were you as impressed as I am that we have a nuclear lab on campus? No, maybe, eh, no. I think most big schools have that. I think what impresses me more is your cool time capsule tradition. Because, because it just seems like a nice way to kind of commemorate this, the graduating seniors. The time capsule tradition, by the way, for those of you who are not Western alumni, is that students, at the end of their graduation walk, drop their ID cards into a box which gets buried in the walkway in front of Old Main on campus and with a big marble stone indicating the year of your graduation. I don't know if they ever actually open any of the time capsules. We'll have to wait till 2012 to see if they bust open the 1912 capsule, but uh, yeah, it's a pretty sweet tradition. So that's our update from Western. We'll check back in with you later. This is a message just for you, Luke, when you listen to this, to put things together in the podcast. I just wanted to say happy Valentine's Day, and I'm really excited to be going to the Olympics with you. I love you. So it is official. We are on the road to the Olympics. Yay! Yay! We just finished breakfast in Bellingham. It was lovely and delicious. And now we are on I-5, headed north. Thoughts, Luke? I had way too much food for breakfast. I had what was probably the equivalent of like a five egg omelet, even though Melissa doesn't think so. And it was full of ham and bacon and sausage. And I didn't quite finish it all, but I had all my mashed, no, mashed toast, hash browns, there we go, and toast. And now I feel sick, but full. Wait, one more thing. And Melissa is cute because she never, ever, ever sucks candy until it's gone. She always chews it within two minutes. This is true. It's raining pretty hard here. Those of you who watched the news reports for the Olympics on Valentine's Day saw that they had to postpone a lot of the skiing events because it was too rainy, too slushy. Fortunately, we're going to see hockey, so unless something has malfunctioned in the arena, we should be good to go for our event. Uh, probably give you an update just before we get to the border for now. I uh, hope you're having a good day. I'm so excited! We're going to the Olympics! First update from inside Canada. Do I sound any different to you, Luke? No, you still sound sexy. We have our tickets. We are Olympic bound right now, people. But the best story of the moment is the fact that I'm standing where I can see the Olympic cauldron burning. Just from where I am right now. Luke's getting some pictures over his head. We'll see if any of those turn out. My pictures I know turned out because, well, I took them and I could see and it was awesome. So Luke, like, fiddles with the camera, hands it to me. I figure he's going to have me take a picture of him in front of the fence where the Olympic flame was behind it. And I thought it was kind of weird, but whatever. And then he turns to me and goes, you ready? And I'm like, for what? And he's like, to get up on my shoulders. And he lifts me up on his shoulders so that I'm over the fence. Because there's some sort of security fence around the flame, which makes sense, I guess. It's hot. Um, and so I took pictures of the Olympic cauldron on Luke's shoulders, looking over the fence. It's very exciting so far at the Olympics. More later. So Luke, what did you think of the container um, film festival we just went to? I thought it was pretty cool. Apparently you go to the word contain, the letter R, dot com, 
and it's some kind of like weird indie film festival thing. We just watched a stop motion video of a woman laying on a bed, basically dreaming like her dreams in motion as like a character, like you would draw on a little flip book. It was really, really cool, and I would like to watch more stuff like that. I just watched Luke getting patted down, frisked, yeah, if you will. Yes, he was, was getting like, frisked she, by the security guard. She grabbed his butt apparently three times. It was, My wallet is in it was quite something. I think I'm a little jealous now. So we are in line here for the hockey game at the Olympics and I thought I'd tell you a little bit about how we got here because to be honest this is probably the most adventurous our story has has been so far. We we got directions from Google Maps um, of the bus that we thought would get us here, which had it been running, it probably would have yeah. gotten us here. Yeah, Luke agrees. Um, and we're standing in line waiting for this bus, and these people come up and ask us if we're waiting for the bus, and we say, yeah, and they say we've been waiting for a while, and they say, okay, thanks, and then they walk off another way, and I hear them talking about UBC, so I run around the corner, and I say, hey, do you know a better way to get there? And they say, well, we're going to try this other way. So we took a different way, followed a, a group of five nice strangers who were willing to let us tag along with them. And look, where did it turn out that all these five strangers are from? Turns out that they are a mix of Tacoma-ians and Olympians. And so we basically were with people that we knew from local town, but from hundreds of miles away. Yep, and so we took a train, we took a bus, we waited in line, got patted down by security guards. And yeah, can I say my piece about the... Okay, so I'm taking the microphone now. All right, so nice little Indian lady. But I went through the security thing because the zipper on my jacket ca caused a little thingy to beep. And so she decided that she wanted to pat me down. So she was like rubbing my chest and like rubbing my front pockets and then reached around to grab my butt three different times all while looking me in the eye. It was a little awkward and I don't know if she was trying to get me to crack or not, but it was definitely the highlight of my trip. <laughs> and with that, we are headed inside. Hopefully there will be some exciting hockey updates for you. Otherwise, uh, you know, just consider Luke getting frisked. <laughs> que les photographies à l'aide d'un flash sont interdites en tout temps. Ladies and gentlemen, we remind you that flash photography is not allowed at any time. All right, I am inside of the Thunderdome Arena. Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds Le Arena. Ah, stop talking. Don't miss a moment of this once-in-a-lifetime experience. Purchase your Olympic and Paralympic Winter Games ticket at a ticket box office online at Vancouver2010.com slash tickets. I would just like to say for the record that netting at hockey games is lame. I realize it's there to keep people safe in case the puck leaves the field of play, but it is dumb. The end. I also would just like to say that the organizers here have fantastic taste. They are playing Foo Fighters right now and I totally approve. Also, Melissa is very pretty. Addendum, they are also pretty cool because they are now playing Lincoln Park. I approve of both. The dramatic music you're hearing right now in the background is in honor of the Zambonis. Which have two Zambonis. We are at an official Olympics event because they can afford two Zambonis. 
Zamboni out here to clear the ice, make it look shiny and beautiful for these ladies to play on. I think our Zamboni might be made by a company named Olympia. That's too cool. What? Minamari Tuomenen. Minamari Tuomenen. Tuomenen. Let's see how bad we can butcher, butcher finish today. End of period one, the score is tied one to one, Finland, Russia. Luke, your thoughts so far? I really like this camera. Otherwise, it's a really good game. We've had lots of good close battling. The Finns seem to be much more aggressive, much more just energetic, it seems. Um, but so far, everything's been good. I'm having a great day with Melissa. Uh, oh, here we go. 12 shots on goal from Finland, five shots on goal, Russia. So I'm hoping that the Finns will be able to translate some more of those shots into goals next period. Also, I think one of my girls got hurt pretty bad. Yeah, number three, she had some pain, so we're going to watch out and see if she comes back. Also, we've taken to calling the Finnish players by their number plus NEN at the end. So three and in, nine and in, five and in, so on. And with that, I'll leave you with some music before we take off for the break between periods. Live from Olympic Hockey, some sounds of the game. Go Finland! <laughs> oh! Get back. There you go. I don't know what you're playing there, but... Oh, there oh, we go. Oh, nice stop. Hi, right, Finland. Bring it back. Interesting. I don't think it went quite the way they Oh! Nope. There you go. She's knocking down with your knee, why don't you, huh? Yeah, you know, big deal. Come on, 21 and in. You're out there still? interesting sights in this hockey game has been the man with the free t-shirts. He gets the crowd all riled up with exciting news like Canada won its first gold medal on home soil today. Boo. Very exciting for Canada. Yay for them. And then he throws free t-shirts. It's awesome. Except he's wearing like 15 of them right now. So as he gets lower and lower, they're getting sweatier and sweatier. Whatever.
world. <laughs> Luke just took a photograph of a a poster of a, a man. Is it like the prime minister of some place? Yeah. He's got like an eagle shackled with Olympic tethered. torch, tethered, and it says defeat the world, and it's pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> like I kind of want one of those actually. <laughs> so my question to you though is, having been in Canada for you know, many hours now, and knowing as we do your feelings about Canada, how do you feel they're, they're doing as Olympic hosts? As hosts, they're doing fine. The city's really pretty, and they seem to be really organized. I mean, things have been going really smoothly for us. We've gotten in and out of all of our crazy venues and all of our buses, and they seem to have the organization pretty, pretty figured out. The volunteers have all been fantastic. Everybody who knows something answers your questions promptly and politely, and everybody's been really friendly, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, the craziest person I've met standing about two or three feet away from me. So, for the most part, it's been a good trip. Excellent, and I'm glad you're having fun in Canada. Hey, it's Luke here. Uh, it is 1.57 a.m on either, I guess, Sunday night or Monday morning, depending on how you count your AM time. I just dropped Melissa off at her house. I'm on my way home now. And I just want to give one last kind of recap over my experiences in Canada and my day in general. Uh, first off, I'm going to just complain about things I hate. Uh, their green lights flash, seemingly all the time. Maybe not, because some of them weren't, but I couldn't figure out what pattern it was. But yeah, instead of having a steady green light for their intersections, they flash. Totally distracting. Uh, second of all, I still hate their money. I can learn to accept their paper money, the bills themselves, but I still hate two things about the currency in general. One, that you get lots and lots of money back, bill you know, bill quantities back as change, you know, you know, loonies and toonies. Uh, and then secondly, that all of their change feels like it's made out of plastic. Uh, not even tin feels that weak and stupid. Uh, I mean, maybe it's all made out of aluminum or something, but that just seems kind of silly also. But yeah, their change, basically irrelevant. Only good for throwing at seagulls. Uh, second, thirdly, whatever. I forgot what number I am at. Uh, we went to the Hudson Bay Company today, which is basically just a Macy's. And they had devoted like one-third of their lower floor to just apparel for the Olympic Games. So they had arranged this like special like roped off area that you had to line up for at one point in the afternoon. The line was probably about an hour long. We, we went back there this evening and went inside and it was just pandemonium. I mean, like capitalism as, as its worst. Everything was jacked up in price and people were like just clamoring over themselves to throw their money at the Hudson Bay Company. Like they were just dying to spend two or three hundred dollars on a couple of clothes. Uh, and they were just like, like, stuff was just stacked on the floor. People were just dropping stuff off hangers. If you grabbed something you liked and then you found something later that you liked more, you would just take the first thing and just toss it on the ground or like, you know, tuck it under something or lay it on top of some other clothes. It was just totally like, picture a nice, you know, Nordstrom's Macy's environment where people are just totally not respecting anything. It was just disgusting. Uh, let's see. I went to a Tim Hortons today. I've heard lots of things about it. I go in there, it's a donut shop for you Americans. Uh, totally out of donuts. Zero donuts in the donut shop. Total letdown. Uh, I, just, I was disappointed. I figured if Krispy Kreme can do the 24 hour donut making process, then something like Tim Hortons can as well. Uh, we had a good border patrol guy. He let us through without making too many jokes or harassing us too much. Um, 
the drive back was alright. We, we stopped at a place called Boston's Burgers in Bellingham. Lots of bees there. They were pretty good. Melissa got this Tropico pizza whatever. It had uh, pineapple and breakfast bacon and chicken all with an Alfredo base on the pizza. It was ridiculous. And yeah, overall it's been a fantastic day. I, I can't believe that I went to the Olympics today. Even when I'm saying that now, it seems kind of crazy. Even though I took hundreds of pictures of the game that we went to, the Olympic torch, you know, people wearing crazy outfits. I mean, the whole thing just reeked of Olympics and I was there and yet it still feels like a dream. Uh, I'm guessing tonight I will have really, really weird dreams, but I do that anyway. So anyway, I just want to let everybody know and myself in the future when I listen to this that going to the Olympics is awesome.